Hello and welcome to What We Couldn't Say on Sunday. We're back and we're excited to do another episode. Yep, yep. We're, we're, we're getting consistent on this thing. That's right, that's right. We're getting better. Um, Sam, I was encouraged by your sermon on Sunday on prayer. Um, could you please remind us what was the main point you wanted us to walk away from? Yeah, so this has been something that's been brewing in my heart for a while. I, I don't have one main point exactly. It, if you could boil it down to anything, it'd be what would your relationship look like with God the Father, with, with, with our God, if you were to place all the same kind of expectations and thinking and intentionality that we put on all the relationships in our lives that are most important to us. Mm-hmm. And so I just try to break down like, hey, if, if, if someone's important to you, you spend lots of time with them, right? Um, someone's important to you that you're going to have quality time with them, not just, just hang out and kind of like do things on the go and like driving the car. You would actually like try to set apart special time to really be face to face with them. And, and this is, I'm not talking about just like a, a, a casual friend. I'm talking about like the, the, those who you really want to be close to and the most important relationships in our life. So I go down um, five, six different keys um, to have a vibrant, intimate relationship with anybody and how will that look like with a relationship with God. So I go through those, but I also talk about five reasons why being with God is so hard for us that I, I really do believe that we've never been in a harder time uh, in history to be intimate with Jesus, like to, to have that to focus on the inner life. Sure. Certainly there are other times that are physically hard with persecution and, and scarcity of the word and resources and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to just even being able to focus on the inner life, the, the secret place with God and have an intimacy with him, it is so hard with all the different distractions that we have in, in our modern day. And so some of these distractions are just pretty recent. Mm-hmm. We're just still learning on how to deal with it. And so a fundamental question I asked in the beginning too is one is, do we really want to be with our father? Do you really want to spend time with him? Like quality time. Like if we're really honest, our schedule will tell us the answer to that question. And also really asking the question is why is it so hard for us to spend time with the one whom we love? Right. And because we talk about specifically for our members and we know our members that they love Jesus. They love him. And yet few few people would say that they're just killing it in prayer. Mm. You know, it's so weird. It's like, you know, just like I use that illustration, like with a, a, a guy who just says he's nuts about his wife. Mm-hmm. She's number one, and yet he, he'll confess to you that he doesn't like spending time with her. And it's so weird because we're, we're living contradictions and so dysfunctional because the average Christian would say, yeah, God's number one in my life. He's the most important person in my life. Um, I love him with all my heart, mind, soul, straight. Not perfect, but he is number one, and yet you say, how much time do you spend with him? Well, not, not much. Right. Why not? Well, I don't know what to say. Or, or we have several fears or doubts or anxieties or we feel like he's upset at us. Like There's all this dysfunction. So we really got to peel back the layers and say, okay, if God is truly our greatest value, if he's our treasure, he's why we live, what, what is hindering us? So what I was unable to do, purpose, is able to go how to combat these reasons. But I think just knowing that these are there is, is, is helpful. Yeah. Uh, but, but then we have to really go into, okay, how do we fight against the distractions we have? And then how do we really apply the kind of same expectations and rhythms that we do on all important relationships. And, and remember, this is not just an important relationship. This is the most important relationship. Amen. And so I'm trying to walk away really thinking through how can I have sacred space and time with God on a regular basis to where that is the most important part of my life, my important, most important part of my day, not something that gets put on the shelf. And if it gets in, it gets in, you know, just like, you know, certain, all of us have different things in our life that we, we'd like, Oh, I'd like to learn this language or I'd like to grow in this or 
exercise more and things that are just like, you know, I hope to get to it. Yeah. But you know, the tyranny, the urgent time just chokes those realities out of our life. And so what is the most important area of our life that we, we will die before we let go. And the shift is, this is no longer something I fit into my life. This is what I fit my life around. That's right. And that's, that's, I thought that was really good. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what anyone does for something that's they're passionate about, right? Like an Olympic athlete, their whole life is, 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 is revolves around the training schedule. Right. And, and then all the other extra hobbies and things they like just have to fit in the, the proper orbit. Yeah. And for us, it's kind of the opposite often. It's, it's God is, is just part of the orbit. Yeah. He's not the sun. He's not the center. Mm. And, and so therefore, obviously, he gets put to the side. And I thought something really strong about this message was that it makes the point that we instinctually know how we, we instinctually know how to value another person and treat another person mm. like they're important. Yeah, yeah. But then we like don't take what we know and apply that to God. We yeah. just like have another set of rules for That's no right. reason. That's right. And it just doesn't make any sense totally. until we think through it and say, well, we already know how to treat a person like they're valuable. Yeah. Why don't we just That's do good. that with God? Totally. Like, um, and then so it's just really not actually that unobtainable for anyone because they already are doing it all the time anyways. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah. Appreciate that. Awesome. Well, let's get into it. Um, what were you not able to say? Well, I, I wasn't able to go down each of these lists and talk about what was what makes it so hard for us to spend time with God. And so we talked about being more distracted and entertained. And so I, w- I would say this. I, I don't know many people who are very disciplined and have thought thoroughly and have actual practical plans on how to guard their focus and attention, right? Like we talked about the, the attention economy and that there are, you know, there's billions of dollars going down, uh, being invested into just att- grabbing our attention more. Terrible. And if you got people, multi-billion dollar companies who are just focused on getting your attention, and yet you think that your attention will just be there and you can just be haphazard about it, you're going to get crushed. Mm-hmm. You're going to, they're going to win. And so we have to be, aggressive and proactive about our attention that's right and rather than try to make decisions in the in real time we have to make decisions prior so that in the moment of temptation and distraction we don't have to make those decisions and go with what we feel like doing that's right so what i mean by that is try to set apart um whether it's with blockers or with different rhythms um things ahead of time so like one thing that i'm trying to do more regularly is have my air my phone on airplane mode when i go to bed mm-hmm. I think you do something like that, right? You have your phone in another room. Do you still do that? Well, I turn on vibrate and turn it over. Okay. And I can't even hear it if it's going off. Okay. Because I have like a humidifier on. Great, it's, great. It's, yeah. There's nothing that's going to wake me up. Yeah. And, and that's, I think everybody has to make judgment calls on their situation. And, and also, you know, some people may have, uh, their, their phone has to be on because of certain things that they have to be on call for, for certain right. emergencies or whatever like that. But most people can get away with airplane moaning there moding their phone overnight yeah so in the morning when you pick it up you don't have 50 you know however many notifications sure and you can focus on being with god first mm-hmm. and filling yourself rather than immediately going to by the tyranny the urgent respond to a text get on the move and just being with god you know um, I, I have a blocker that doesn't let me use email until 12 right so it just focuses helps me focus now my my kind of work um is is where I get emails all the time at different times. And some people are like that. Some people can just clock in and out. But for me, I get to emails all the time and I can always just be um, responding, responding right? Or and at three is when I'm allowed to be on social media, 3 p.m. Okay. And so I don't have to make that decision throughout the day so that I can have that 
the energy I spend in, in, in trying to be focused, I don't have to have that energy to focus because I'm sure. already set up to focus. And right. so there are plentiful um, apps now and resources available. So just do your Google research. But there, uh, Freedom is a really helpful app. Um, um, and there's other ones out there that can track your usage of time and you can kind of look. Uh, iPhone now has a really great um, app, app blocking um, scheduling thing. I forgot what it's called. I've heard rumors of this. I use it. I just don't know the name of it. Yeah. But it doesn't let me use certain apps until certain times. And you can even set time limits on certain apps. Wow. Now I know this all sounds so like tedious, but like you have to be aggressive and it takes work to be focused. Right. It takes work to have a quiet life. Even having a regular Sabbath, no matter what day it is, that rhythm of where you set apart a day for God that you're remembering and you're resting, you're refreshing, it takes work to make it happen. And I think we think it'll just kind of happen if it happens. Sure. Yeah, what I hear you saying is that we have to be ultra-intentional with our attention. Right. And the reason we have to be intentional with our attention is because Satan's intentional with our attention. Yeah, yeah that's right. This multi-billion dollar industry is intentional with our attention. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, so, person, <laughs> listener, um, member of the family, are you intentional with your attention? Like, that's great. Because there's so many other forces that are being intentional with your attention. And you may not be distracted by something inherently sinful. And I heard, I've heard this quote recycled in different iterations. But Satan will gladly trade in good or okay or permissible for best. Or is it the opposite? What, what, what am I trying to say? You know what I'm saying? He'll, he'll get you down to, yeah, to sound great. Yeah. And so you could, you could argue, hey, reading news for 30 minutes is not a bad thing. And it wouldn't be inherently evil. No. Right? Like you love reading news. I do. Right, right. But if reading news then distracts you from giving God your first fruits and your focus and your attention, it is then evil. Evil. Yeah. In, that, in that way, you're using it for evil. It's right. being a distraction. And so just know that Satan is constantly planning our days for us. And if we're not proactive... Um, someone else is going to be running our schedule. That's right. And so we need to set apart those times and places for God. And that's why we need sacred space and time where you really, you know, unless you're uh, unusual circumstances, try to get off the grid, even if it's for little moments, you know? Mm-hmm. So that you see script, you, you see rhythms in scripture of like Sabbath weekly. You got, you got certain rhythms yearly that the Israel's going on and we're not under the old covenant, but there, there are principles here yeah. for God's people. Um, there, there is daily Sabbaths. You can kind of have these moments and some people call it daily office. We've been talking about the emotional, healthy spirituality that we've been going through in our MCs, but um, these just diff- da- daily touch points. And, and I was, re- I was repenting to Joanna. I was like, Joanna, I'm such a bad husband. We haven't gone on an intentional date, even though we kind of had a little mini vacation ministry trip, like me and her for a while. And I think it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be outside the house and fancy, but just where it's just really intentional and we're just enjoying each other. I have not fought for that. Mm. And because most of the time when we get babysitters for us to do something else for ministry. Okay. And, and so just even in our marriage, she is a priority in my life. One of the number one priorities in my life. And yet, um, if I'm not careful, we can go weeks and weeks without an intentional date. Sure. So we need to be more aggressive about even paying for babysitters because our community is super taxed. And I'd rather them put that into other people that they're trying to do or, or that we're just better about having um, set apart in-home dates. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it, it happens for that. A um, couple of other things. Um, we're too busy. We just need to learn how to say it, it's just really important for us to constantly evaluate our values and our schedule and say, are, we, are, are our schedules reflecting our values? Are we overly committing? 
Are we saying yes to good things and not yes to the best things? Mm-hmm. Or are yes to the good things hurting our yes to the best things? Mm-hmm. And constantly reevaluating so that there's margin for God. Um, also, you know, yeah. every, every major, like I, I, I've been trying to read a little more biography lately yeah, and just like, and, and, and the, the people who got used the most and the most greatly yeah. always had this sense of the moments are so fleeting and yeah. I need to, that's right. I need to maximize the time. God's yeah. Me. yeah. Um, that's good. This is so, so yeah, I think that's important in today. Um, just want to bring up the daily office really quick. Yeah. I think that's a weird term. It is. Daily office. Maybe we should think yeah, No one that. knows what it means. Yeah, but it just, it just means having more periods of devos throughout the day or time with God or prayer or whatever yep. you want to call it. Yep. It's besides just your morning time. Yeah. Um, and it, the focus is not just to get. It's to be, mm. which is a huge paradigm shift. Sure. Just stopping to be present. And that would include getting and receiving from him, but it also just saying, like, hey, how are we doing? Uh, like, just being all ears to him. Yeah. Yeah, I just want maybe ask you what might that look like for someone to do that well because I could see someone being like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, and wasting that time trying to figure out how to do it yeah. instead of just be with God. That's good. I, there's guides that we that are available out there. Um, when it comes to throughout the day having multiple times, I think it needs to be based off the foundation of having one extended time. I think okay, I, like. Pete Scazzaro talks about two to five minutes to touch base with God. And I think it's really helpful. And that's way more than most people do. But if you're only two to five minutes, uh, that's all you do. You're going to have a very shallow relationship. Mm -hmm. And so just like, and this is one thing that's really important. Having daily communion with God and praying on the go and abiding all day and praying without ceasing is absolutely essential. I don't want to take away from that. But if it's not built off of intimate day-to-day, face-to-face time, it's going to be weak and shallow and probably less and less likely to happen. And most of your prayers are just me transactional, asking for help, intercession, and not actually enjoying God. And so both are absolutely important. Sure. So it, it, it's, chip, it's tricky because everybody has different schedules, different rhythms, different places there are spiritually. Um, but I would say that, um, that they really should press in with their DNA group and ask what that could look like. I don't want to give a clear template. Um, but I would use that prayer card that we've given out to people. Um, I think that would be a helpful thing to pull out to just to remind yourself who you are as we drift and forget yeah. who we are and what reality is about. Um, I think one of the most basic things to do is when you have those times to set apart for God is just to take deep breaths. Um, and not to not to get all Eastern mysticism, but just really breathe and say, like, God, you are my breath. Like, I don't have anything apart from you. You are the spirit that fills me of no good apart from you. I can do nothing apart from mm-hmm. you. Just kind of centering your in, in yourself in the reality that you're weak and you're needy. Sure. And I think what helps so much is just to tell God what I'm feeling, mm-hmm. whether it's I'm tired or I'm distracted. And that was a huge point in the messages is approaching God as a real person, as yourself, not as a fake person or the person you think you want to be, but like, God, I'm I'm struggling right now with lust or anger and just being real. Because if you take pauses throughout the day to be with God, I guarantee you're going to have a certain emotional state going in there. Sure. We're like, I just feel dead. And just start there. Just tell them how you feel. And as you grow, and you can use prayer cards and your, your scripture reading. Um, you can start to apply truths into that situation. You can start, start speaking the truth and love into your situation. Um, and I think it's helpful is breaking apart your Bible reading. So we have OTNT reading. 
and doing the different times of the day. And you can start off there. Um, we have five different psalm readings you can do every day, and you could pick a different psalm during that time and flip through which one that most resonates with you and just speak that psalm over you or recite it and, 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 and go there. It, it's really tricky because different things are going to look different for different people sure. in different seasons. You have to come up with your own, what works for you. Yeah, and I would really would press into community and let people give you ideas and, and press in, you know. Um, and it's going to look different in different seasons. Like I think part of having a relationship with a living person is that it's, it evolves mm-hmm. and grows. In certain seasons, you're going to be doing more walks and others are not going to do that as much. And sure. It just depends on, on where you're at. Um, and you, in a certain season, maybe you're going through some tremendous suffering and your prayers are going to be like you're on your face and you're just crying hmm. and that's going to be the right thing to do. Right. In other seasons, you're going to just be melting under God's love and you're just enjoying it. It's a sweet, peaceful season. And we just go through troughs and valleys and, and peaks and we, we just roll with it. But if you, that's why it's so important to focus on where you're at, not what you should say. Because if you focus on where you're at, it's going to be dynamic and living. Sure. And if you have your Bible open, you'll be able to hear from God through this word. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and that's yeah. that's good. Just like, and and like for example, if I, and if I don't know where to flip in the Bible, and I just want to flip somewhere, yeah. Like one way is today's what the sixth. Yeah. yeah. You can go to you can go to Proverbs six or yeah. Psalm six or yeah. something, and something like that. Right. Like just you don't have to spend time yeah. thinking about that's where right. to be and just doing the Bible roulette stuff. Yeah. Or just use the Bible reading plan. <laughs> or just <laughs> or yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah whatever today today's yeah. reading was so good and excellent and. And other days are, are harder at times, and but we, we just still want to hear from him. Just like in any relationship, you're not like, oh, do you have something really interesting for me today? Do you have something really relevant for me? Okay, if not, I'm going to ignore you. Yeah. Right? And we do that with God in his work. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, this doesn't seem super relevant. I don't understand how the, the breastplate for the for the priest mattered to me. That's well, good. then I'm not interested in God. That's like, good. what a terrible husband you'd be if you like that. Yeah. Or like, oh, I only like listen to my wife when she talks about sports. <laughs> you know, or something that's super relevant to me. Right. Right, like, that's good. I haven't made that connection before, but like we're so terrible to the Lord. Like we don't want to hear from him unless it we're super interested. In, like, why would we wouldn't do that to any close relationship? Like Amen. my kids tell, talk to me about things that I'm not interested in all the time. Right? <laughs> but I am interested because they're telling me. Oh, I'm trying at least. Is it either it's interesting because it's them. Yeah, it's them. They're interesting. Yeah. And and it's and it's not it, God is interesting. Yeah, and he's more interesting than yeah. my kids. Right. More important than my kids, you right. know, if I if I if I'm allowed to say that. Um yeah, and so I think to, to end um, kind of my piece that I felt was super important is to to really fight for sacred space and time. And again, sacred space can be a walk. It doesn't have to be a, a physical place. It's not like God inhabits certain places right? Um, and he doesn't in others. Now, um, we can be more dialed in in certain places, but he is omnipresent um, and, and he is the, to- the, the veil has torn, right? <laughs> but having a sacred space can kind of help your mind kind of get in the in a zone, you know, sure. like just like habits, um, going to certain habits. Like some people have a certain routine before they sleep. And when they do that, their body just kind of knows you can have the same thing. Like you get a prayer chair or a prayer closet. Yeah. Jesus seems to recommend that at some level in Matthew six, but it could look differently. It could be in the apron, like Susanna Wesley, just drape it over your face. It could be a prayer shawl. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do in different seasons. But I really right. recommend people fighting for a sacred time in a space that doesn't typically move right right it's like a, a date that you don't miss mm-hmm. and it's like i'll see you at this time it's an appointment it's an appointment right, it's an appointment, right? Yeah. that you don't miss um regular i mean obviously things will happen and 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 that doesn't mean you say amen and you'll see each other the next day at that time right but the it's like you it's like a spouse that you're with all day long doing work together doing life and then you have that one face-to-face time mm-hmm. and then when you say you know 
goodbye or whatever, you're actually still with them. Right. But your time is even more enriched throughout the day because of that special time and vice versa. It, it all it all works together. Yeah. One thing that was really helpful for me is in my DNA group, I was really struggling spending time with God in the morning because um, different sleep schedules that, that I would have because I'm not a great sleeper and that's something I was working on being a more disciplined sleeper. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think you, 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 you're a good sleeper, right? I'm a pretty good sleeper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that's a gift. Um, but, but for me, I, um, I, you know, whether it's late night counseling or something comes up, sleep schedule is hard. And, and Mark Harrigan in, in my DNA was just like, why don't you just spend time with God between 4 to 5 p.m.? You know, or something like that. Sure. And that was very freeing for me. Certainly there's a precedent scripturally to do it in the morning and throughout the day. But there's, there's something like, yeah, I really want to start my day with God. But if you can't have extended time with God, you can maybe just have a little quick checkup with God mm-hmm. in the morning and, and not feel the guilt. And maybe later on at night, maybe you're uh, a night owl. You know, I'm sure. a lark. Um, I'm not a morning bird. What is it? You are a lark. I'm a lark. You're a lark. Yeah. yeah. I'm not morning or I'm not owl. I'm kind of like in between. Yeah. Yeah. With, you, you, you emphasize the morning yeah. more than the night. Yeah. But you're not like a 4 a.m. Yeah. rise and shine hit the gym kind of guy. Yeah. I wish. Of course. We all wish. And I think God won't let me be that because I'd be too uh, proud. Yeah. <laughs> and idolatrous. And yeah. Neither of us are that. Yes. Um, and so I think that was really freeing for me to hear that. So if I miss my date in the morning, so I think about it as a date. My, my first uh, manuscript, this was called uh, Date Your Dad. Hmm. And and obviously, it's just to kind of rile people up. What does that mean? That's yeah, it's supposed to get people engaged. But like, date your dad every day. Like, if I miss my date in the morning, um, I didn't today, I would have to schedule it later on. Yeah. And I think that's really freeing and helpful that the time, uh, as long as you have a set-apart time, it's okay if you have to flex around on the the time of the day, provided you have time. Sure. Um, Another thing is, it takes a lot of work. But it is good to fight for the morning. Yes, it, I think it is. Because that's such a strategic time of day where right. before you start doing anything, yeah. you're with God. But but I feel like if someone has a certain schedule or they're a night out, I feel like it could be totally appropriate to have like a five-minute checkup with the Lord. Just sure. some reading and prayer and then having an extended time later on. Sure. You know? Um, I, I just know some people who really thrive on that. You know, they could have yeah. extended time when everyone's asleep. Yeah. You know, or maybe you're in college or whatever it is, and it's just, it works better with your schedule. We just don't want to be legalistic about the time. Of as course. Much. I think Jesus going out in the morning is more to do with being, being able to be alone rather than the morning God is like a morning person. <laughs> and he's like more awake. But there is something about being filled up with him and being with him before you do anything throughout right. the day. That, that is That's more I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. The first yeah. fruits of the day, getting filled up. And, but, but this is more, my emphasis about being with him. So like maybe in the morning you're just being filled up with truth. Like, okay, I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. And you're just speaking gospel truths over yourself. Yeah. And then later on is more where you're kind of lingering and like really being with a dialogue. With meditating. God. Yeah, sure meditating and enjoying it. Yeah. But in the morning you're kind of just putting on your armor. Sure. Like you got to at least put on your armor in the morning. Right. Like this might, yeah, like really like waking up saying you are my Lord, like rededicating yourself every morning to him, mm-hmm. like redying to yourself and saying, Jesus is all about you. I will not, I can, nothing I can do but make you love me more or less today. Yeah. Just like washing yourself over these fundamental truths so that when you go through other day, you're going to just be, be shot at with all these darts from the evil one about lies, about who you are and what you should do and so forth. Right. And you're, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're protected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we talked about intentionality, and so one thing that I think is helpful as we kind of wrap up, um, two more things, um, is being intentional and making time. So some things that Paul Miller says in his book, Praying Life, is go to bed. Like, 
to be able to spend time with God in the morning or anytime, you have to plan beforehand. Mm-hmm. Go to bed um, early, whatever it is, what time you ever need to, however you need to get your eight hours, whatever you need. Yeah. And get up, get out of bed, get moving, get awake, maybe get a coffee, shower, whatever is going to run, get a quiet place, get comfortable, but you can pray on your knees or you can just be in, in a place where you're able to focus on him. And I sometimes wonder if it's more strategic to set a bedtime alarm than even a morning alarm for yeah. yourself. Agreed. Like, absolutely. Cause so we're, we're so worried about, can I force myself to get out of bed yeah. when I only slept three hours? That's good. Rather than yeah. did I sleep eight hours? That's great. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Because we're tip, we really should be able to wake up on our own. Right. For sleeping enough. That's right. Um, regularly. Um, and then, and then, then you want to get going and then keep going. Um, th- that's not super helpful. There's a lot more to that, but I'm trying to keep things concise. But, right. um, I, all I say is, say is that you, you need to have some sort of routine and some sort of plan. Mm-hmm. If you don't plan, it won't happen. Right. Um, and so I want to share a couple of resources about books that I recommend on prayer and I want you to be able to throw in yours. Okay. I'm going to share a lot. And the reason why I'm going to share a lot, I thought that would be overwhelming for anyone who listens. And they'll feel like, oh, well, will I ever get to, to that? Well, guys, this is the most important relationship in the world. Mm. <laughs> that That's like me talking to a guy who's about to get married. I'm doing premar- premarital. And I'm doing premarital for Dennis and Irene right now. And they've been so receptive for all the resources. I've just been just slamming resources left and right. To oh, wow. Them, right? Because this is one of the most important relationships ever. Your marriage. Right? Right. Second. Second year. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and how weird would it be if I gave like, you know, one resource, uh, or sorry, tons of resources to, to, to them. And they're like, this is just, this is too much. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I just want one. Sure. Right. I want one silver bullet and then I don't want to worry about it. Like, no, this is something that you're going to constantly grow in. Like my wife and I have a rhythm that we're not keeping very well of trying to read, read a little bit of a marriage book every Tuesday because our marriage is that important to constantly work on. And so your prayer life, your intimacy with the father needs to be, is the number one priority in our life. Like that, that's what we exist to love him. And, and one day I, I forgot to say this mission will end, right? Mission one, there'll be no one to reach, no one to do anything. And, and it's just us and the, us and God, right? Uh, forever. And we get to worship and enjoy him. And like, that's what we're ultimately going to are going towards. Right. And so let's, let's cultivate that. And so that's going to take years of practice. Like that's one of the points in the sermon is like, relationships that are fluent and really dynamic, you're like, oh, I wish I was there, but I'm not there overnight, right? It takes time. Right. And so obviously you're going to have to inundate yourself with tons of resources and thinking and teaching over the years to, to be fluent, just like any other healthy relationship. Right. So, amen. All right. Favorite prayer resources that you can think of. I, well, I sprung this on you. I, yeah. Um, so, so you had me read that, that the book, Old Pathways, New Power by mm-hmm. Pastor Ed, Daniel Henderson. Daniel Henderson. I thought that was fantastic. Would you recommend that for an average person? Perhaps. Perhaps. Okay. okay. What, what I found most helpful was his references to Jim Cimbala. Yeah. And I went and I listened to Jim Cimbala's sermons that were the most popular on YouTube, two, sure. or two of them. Yeah. And I found those to be incredible. I would I would recommend Old Pathways, New Power, but yeah. I recommend listening to those sermons beforehand. Great. And I, I think that... That though, and that's not a guy we hear about a lot in our yeah. orbit. Yeah. But um, man, that was striking for me. That's good. That was powerful for me. That's good. Um, also, if this is a little bit more of a theological resource, so if you find yourself more inclined, like to just wanting to go deeper, um, one book that was really paradigm shifting for me in seminary was *The Presence and the Power* mm. by 
to Gerald. Is it Hawthorne, maybe? I think it's Hawthorne. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, and um, the premise of the book is that the, the ministry and works that Jesus did was by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's right. And that is the same Holy Spirit that's available to us. And um, if we fought to have the same communion with God that Jesus did, mm. we could live a life mm. similar to the power that he lived in. Amen. And um, so what? What I can't think of a better encouragement to be sold out for having communion with God than living a life like mm. Jesus' life. Mm. And um, man, it just makes you want to hate your cell phone and hate Netflix that, yeah, that's sure. doing that from you. Yeah. Um, when you think about what's God's really offering for us, yes, but, but we're not, we're not seizing it mm. with all our might. Mm. So yeah, those are, those are two things that happen. You mentioned Netflix and I, and I, I talked about Netflix in the sermon. Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend every single person to have certain limitations where it's like, I only listen to watch one movie a week or one show or a certain night of the week is when I get to watch stuff. Sure. Limit it and don't let it just be there in the background anytime you want. Don't let that countdown timer yeah, get you. control right. you. That's yes. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously put limits on yourself. My wife and I are able to watch something twice a week. That's us. Don't, don't project it upon yourself. You may need to do less. You may, may be able to do more. Right. Uh, that's where we're at right now. And ask us in a couple months, it could be totally different. That's right. Um, and we, we try to shift it. Um, and we try to constantly take stock of our soul, you know, what, what's healthy, you know, are we really being with God? And, and so, um, don't create just random rules and, and do them or adopt mine or yours. Right. I think that's really important, whether it's games or Netflix or shows. Um, so resources with God, um, I have a lot. And so I'm going to go through the list. Yeah. And we should probably maybe create a a list on a blog or something, or we'll put them on the the description for this podcast and the the last one. Okay. Number one book, Praying Life. Okay. Is that the Miller book? The Paul Miller book. I've read it maybe five or six times. Um, I've only read it once and I've listened to it five or six times on Audible. It's good, good on Audible. They just got a new updated edition. doesn't matter if you have the old one. It's in the APC Um, library. uh, We have the APC, we have in the APC library. So anyone wants it, it is super readable. The mo- one of the most readable books you'll ever read. Okay. Very easy to understand, accessible. Each chapter is really short and it's so raw and real. Like it, it, it basically how, like what would it look like to pray? Like what would it look like to go on a journey with someone who actually prays in all of life? It's just really powerful and how he just integrates prayer. It's so powerful. And he kind of shows all the reasons why we don't pray, like our cynicism and our pride and all that kind of stuff. It's so revealing. So rather than just like, here are tips to pray. He does some of that in the end, but it's more of like, why don't we pray? Kind of what I focused sure. on in the sermon. Sure. Very, very helpful, worth going over on a regular basis. Um, another book um, that I find, uh, there's a handful. If you want a little more theological, Prayer by Tim Keller. Um, it doesn't make my heart sing as much, but I think there's helpful, um, sure. there's a lot of helpful things to, to think through. But it'll be theological, but it'll still be accessible. Yeah, you, it'll be accessible, but Keller. it's a little less accessible. I would okay. say, yeah. Um, there's another really short book that's like 20, 30 pages called Enjoy Your Prayer Life by Michael Reeves. Hmm. Really helpful, worth reading. A um, couple of pages. Uh, it's, it's pretty short. Um, another really short book, but a classic, Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Oh, Different. that book yeah. ruined me. Dude, you forgot it. I, I know. I know I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So good. So good. And, uh, you know, just enjoying. Um, he was this, this monk who just was washing dishes all day and was able to just enjoy God through the mundane. And that's something yeah. that's so hard to do. How do we enjoy God in, in all the everyday stuff of life? That's right. And uh, such a powerful book. Very short. Very readable. It's one of the most read books in the world. Um, not just Christian books. Just read books. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but def- depending on your circles, you may, may or not. Um, 
other books, uh, uh, um, there's a book uh, by um, Strobel, uh, Kyle Strobel, um, on, um, shoot, it's, it's on Edwards, but uh, about glory, oh, shoot, this is bad. <laughs> I'm Jonathan Edwards? Yeah, but it's, it's, um, it's more than that. I'm pulling it up right now. It's called Formed for the Glory of God formed for the glory of God. That really helped me kind of think about what, how I approach God in, in my prayer times. Another yeah. book that was really help, helpful was Habits of Grace by David Mathis. Oh, that's a good one. Another book with, on the same lines, Disciplines of Grace by Jerry Bridges, one of my all-time favorite authors. Okay. Um, another book is called The Only Necessary Thing. It's a compilation of Henry Nowlin's, some of the best stuff on prayer. Henry Nowlin, um, I'm going to put an asterisk about, on his name um, as a Catholic writer and thinker. Um, my sense is that he loved Jesus and he, he will be with us in heaven. But um, just Catholics are tricky for me, you know. Bad theology sometimes do hearts. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes good theology in areas. Like he really thought through the, the inner life with God. Sure. Um, and, um, and like I said, there's a lot here. Um, the Divine Conspiracy by uh, Dallas Willard. Um, and there's more. There's more. This is something that we don't, we don't just give the crumbs to. Yeah. This is something you just give your whole life to to grow more and more. And if yeah. you've gotten stale, stagnant, pick up one of these resources. There's more. But you're saying Miller is the number one? For me. For me, it is. And okay. I, I think that most people would, would really do well with that book. Okay. Yeah. Um, there, there are other books. Um, there are some more mystical ones that you have to have a discerning eye that I'll hold off on those right now. And uh, I can add more on the blog or whatever we're going to do. So. Brother, I gotta meet someone in five minutes. You, you, oh, <laughs> I thought it was at one fifteen. All right, all right, we gotta roll. But this is hopefully helpful for you, and you could always follow up on more questions. But um, that's yeah. right. And and I did mention in my sermon on evangelism that I would do a podcast on it. Yep, that is forthcoming. We have not forgotten. It's forthcoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. All right, thanks, brother. Thank you guys. Right, thank you guys for tuning in. Yep.